In a time of compromise inside the church and out, Pastor Ray Bentley says we need to stand firm. I'm holding on to the Word of God. I'm not changing one word. I'm not adding to it. I'm not taking anything away. And I'm doing the best that I can to live under it. I walk humbly with my God, seek to do justice, and I do love mercy. God loves sinners, and I am chief among them, and so is anybody else who's honest about it. Amen. Spread news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Sometimes it really does come down to a choice between pleasing God and pleasing man. The culture is adrift on the current of hedonism and tolerance. Do we climb aboard that raft headed for nowhere? Or do we take a stand for the kingdom? Insights on that today from Pastor Ray from the Gospel of Luke. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 17, beginning in verses 22 uh, through 32. It says, Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first, but first, so he's talking about the kingdom will come. It will out manifest itself outwardly. It'll be undeniable. Everyone will see it. But first, he must suffer many things. Who? The Messiah. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. The one who will sit on David's throne is coming. The lion will lie down with the lamb. They will beat their swords into plowshares. But first, the Son of Man will suffer many things, and this generation will reject him. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. The rejection of the Messiah will go on and on around the world until the end. And then Jesus uses two old covenant events to illustrate, listen, the certainty and the suddenness of his coming. This world is headed soon for massive, worldwide, global judgment. Because God is just. God is holy. God is righteous. God is patient. 
and he is long-suffering. But there is an end to his patience. And he suffers long up into a point, and then he brings judgment. Jesus said, this is how it will be in the end. I believe that the greatest sign telling us that we're in the generation that is headed toward the end, we don't know the day, no, we don't know the hour, but we're in that season and we're heading, it's getting faster and faster. And the two events he would remind, I believe, this generation that has a great excitement and a great anticipation among believers that the Lord is coming soon. He warns the world, and part of our responsibility is also to tell the world and to warn the world that his coming is certain and it will also be sudden. In other words, the world will not be ready for it. They're not ready for it right now. It's going to hit them hard and they're not prepared for it. They're not ready for it. The flood from Genesis chapter six through eight and the destruction of Sodom in Genesis chapter nine. In both of those cases, the world was caught totally unprepared as they were so engrossed and engaged in their daily lives and their normal routines, thinking that it'll always be like this. They were eating and drinking and marrying and they were buying and selling and on we go. But Noah witnessed to his generation for 120 years while he built the ark, but his preaching did not win many believers. After preaching for 100, unlike, let's say, Billy Graham, who's got millions of people in heaven, thank God, Noah, his wife, and their three sons, and their wives, eight people were saved from destruction. But Noah and Lot lived in days of spiritual compromise. There are many who still want churches, and they want stained glass, candles, and they want incense, and they want spirituality, but they compromise on the Word of God. They compromise on the call of discipleship, or the denial of self, or the Ten Commandments become ten suggestions, maybe? No. And so what is happening right now, and you read about it, I mean, you can't, if you read at all, what's happening in denomination, after denomination, after denomination, on biblical issues. Some are going this way, and some are going that way. And there are people trying to hold on, well, can't we all just get along and hold them all together in one big happy ark? But it isn't happening. It's ripping, and it's tearing, and it's the Lord, it is the Holy Spirit saying, choose. Choose, and what are you holding on to? And there are some that are holding on to all the outward accoutrements of religion while totally living in such a compromised way that the world says, yeah, these guys, we, we like these guys. These guys, we can hang, you guys are cool. You guys are the real, the real religious people. We, you know, you love everybody and tolerate everything. Oh, but then there's the ones over here that stand kind of on this little island saying, no, we can't, we, we didn't make it up. It's not our idea. It's his kingdom. He gets to rule and reign. We're just submitting to him. Oh man, you guys, narrow-minded, bigoted, judgmental, critical, holier than thou. You're the kind of, you're the bad people. You're the evil people. You're the sinners that are in this world. And it's not very fun to be over on that camp. Much more fun to be liked and accepted but you can't stay, there's no middle ground. God has 
taken whatever middle ground there has been where both have kind of dwelt in the same house, he's pulled the rug out from under it. And often the ones who make the most compromises get to keep the buildings and the robes and the candles and the stained glass. And the ones who say, I'm holding on to this, that's about all they end up holding on to. This is what I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to the word of God. I'm not changing one word, not one iota. I'm not adding to it. I'm not taking anything away. I don't even claim to understand it all, but I believe it and I'm doing the best that I can to live under it. I don't stand over it and judge it uh, as if I know more and better than the prophets of old. I walk humbly with my God, seek to do justice, and I do love mercy. God loves the world and God loves sinners and I am chief among them and so is anybody else who's honest about it. Amen? But this is dividing denominations, it is dividing churches, it is dividing families. I am encouraging you, don't compromise Jesus. Don't compromise the word. Even if you don't understand it or you don't totally get it, just by faith embrace it, seek to live it and to love it and to obey it. Noah and Lot lived in days of spiritual compromise and moral decline, just like today. In verse 26, we read, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Let's just point out a few things. What was it like in the days of Noah? Number one, there was tremendous population growth. The numbers of human beings on the planet were exploding. That creates pressure on resources, food, environment, etc. There was a tremendous population growth. Genesis 6:1 says, when men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, and then it tells the story of Noah. Number two, lawlessness was on the increase. Genesis 6:5. You have it in your notes, yes? Let's read it out loud together. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Even in my lifetime, knowledge is increasing and and so there's part of me that wants to know what's going on in the world. So I go look at all the news and yet when I find what's in the news is so much evil. It's frightening. The more news that you get, you gotta be careful. That's why, man, make sure you faithfully go to church. It's the only place you're going to get good news, consistently good news. That's what the gospel means, is good news. How many are glad that this is good news? Man, we need to be bathed in good news. And I promise you this, every time you come here to church, we're going to open the Word of God, and the Word of God is that God loves you, and God is gracious, and God is merciful, and God, He's done everything for you. I'm going to bathe you in the grace of God, and the mercy of God, and the love of God, and, and good news after good news after good news after good news. The world is full of bad news. And the news is about lawlessness. People taking matters into their own hands. Oh, man. And then look at number three. Here's the third thing. Tell me if this doesn't sound like our generation. The days of Noah, the earth was given over to violence. 
Genesis chapter 6, I just put verses 11 and 13, but let's read these two verses together, shall we? The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What was God destroying? Violent people saying, he's judging, destroying violent people so they can stop destroying more people. He wanted to start all over again. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a true teacher of God's Word. I had found my church home with him. I just wish I'd gotten to know him before he passed. However, he taught me to love the Bible, which I am thankful for. I know that Pastor Ray is in the most glorious of places now. Pastor Ray's messages continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, look in Luke chapter 17, verse 28. Likewise, Jesus says, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built. In Lot's day, the unnatural lusts of Sodom and Gomorrah were so great and so horrible that God completely destroyed both of those cities. Having just come from Israel, do you know that they've never found really the remains of either of those cities? I mean, we're finding everything now, especially in Israel. There's archeologists everywhere. Uh, you just scratch the surface and you go back at 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000, all the way to 4,000 years. But they haven't found one shred of where Sodom and Gomorrah is and, they, and yet they have a general geographic idea and guess where they think that it probably was? Underneath the salt of what is called the Dead Sea. Did you know that on the entire planet Earth, the lowest physical geographical place on the planet Earth, the lowest spot is the Dead Sea. That's where God's fire came and burnt up and just, it went down, down, down. And all that's left now is a dead sea. There's not one blade of grass, not even algae. There's no minnows, there's no fish. It's dead, totally and completely dead. That's the remains of it. Only Lot's two daughters and his wife. And even later she, uh, well, she became a pillar in the community, but it was a pillar of salt, <laughs> were saved. Lot and his two daughters were saved from the terrible judgment. But now look at verse 29. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. I believe this verse is extremely significant. On the day that Lot went out, then judgment came. When the believer went out, now if you know the story of Lot, Oh my goodness, 
Lot had these guys banging on the door because he had these visitors come and they were angels and the men of the city said, hey, new guys, send them out. We want to have sexual relations with them. And Lot was like, no, you know, being a righteous guy, no, you can't, these are my guests, but here's my daughters. Oh, thanks, Dad. So how righteous was Lot? Well, here's where Lot was. Lot sat in the gates of the city. Lot personally believed that what everybody else was doing was wrong, but he never said anything about it. And for him not bringing the truth to the city, they said, you know what? Lot, we know you don't agree with us, but you don't condemn us. So you get to sit in the, in the city gates, even though he was a true believer. The Bible looks at Lot and what we might say is kind of carnal Christian, especially the part where he offers his daughters to these guys to have relations so they can spare his guests. You know, he had his priorities mixed up. But the Bible says righteous Lot because somehow in the midst of that crazy rascal's heart was a genuine faith and he kept faithful to God. But it does say something about the world. The world will let you sit in a place of honor and prestige and position among them, accepted among them, even though you believe differently, as long as you don't speak out, as long as you don't say anything. But yet there come a day when the Lord said, get out. And Lot, look me in the eye, the angel says, we, we were come, we have been sent to destroy this place. And, and Lot was lollygagging and finally they grabbed him by the hand and said, you have to get out of here. We've been sent to destroy it, but we can't do anything until you're gone. And they grabbed him by the hand and they led him and his wife out and they said, don't look back because God's glory and judgment is coming and you shouldn't look at it. And Lot's wife gets a certain point, she turns back, she turns into a pillar of salt. I think that had a dramatic impact on Lot's spiritual life as he looked sideways and went, okay, Lord, and he kept going. But at the same time, I believe this verse is very significant because we believe, we do not believe that the wrath of God will be poured out until the believers who genuinely believe are taken out. I don't believe that the church will face the wrath of God or the great tribulation. Lot is a classic example of the Lord's ability to deliver the righteous while reserving the ungodly for the day of judgment. And again, Peter describes this through the second letter that he wrote. And I put this scripture in your notes, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read this out loud together. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't look to the world. Don't look back. Keep walking and keep seeking him with all of your heart. Now in verse 30, even so it will be in the day when the son of man is revealed. In verse 31, in that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. 
And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? His disciples. And so Jesus said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. This last little section is a very difficult section to interpret, and there are two basic interpretations, and I'll give you them both. Number one, there are those who interpret this as the person who is taken is the one who is taken in judgment, and the other one is left uh, to enter into the kingdom. Uh, one is taken where, Lord? Wherever the body is there, the eagles will be gathered, and so they say they are taken to be put into the great battle where Armageddon will happen and the birds go and come and feast upon the body of the people. All right, that's the first interpretation. The other or second interpretation is this, that those who are taken is a picture of the rapture of the church or God removing like Lot, his righteous people, taken up to escape the great tribulation or the wrath of God. And so you can see the difference obviously between the two they're exactly the opposite of one another. In the second interpretation, the one is taken into judgment, and the other one, he is taken to be blessed up in heaven. I think that the problem with the first one is that they say that it's not eagles, but they say vultures, and there's an argument on what that word is. I think it probably should be the eagles that are gathered around uh, where the body is, could be representing the body of Messiah. And there is the protection of the Lord and, and watching over. So those are the two interpretations. I, I remember, you know, Larry Norman uh, saying and had a song, I wish we'd all been ready and that we had not been left behind. There's a very well-known series that was written called the Left Behind series. That's the one that I lean to is that those who are taken are taken out of danger, delivered, one way or another brought before the Lord and those who are left are left behind to go into and to go through not only tribulation but ultimately the wrath of God that is poured out but even God's grace and mercy marvelously in that God reaps the greatest revival and the greatest number of souls will enter into the kingdom during those last few days, months and years than at any other time in history from every nation, every language, and every kindred, and every tribe. It's such a massive number that, that when John saw it, he was absolutely dumbfounded and overwhelmed. He, he said he was not prepared. He said, I, I had no idea this many people would be saved out of such horrible circumstances. So even though we talk about, yes, judgment is coming, guess what? The great purpose of God in it is he's gonna wring from it the greatest harvest and multitude of souls. We're gonna have millions of new brothers and sisters even as we get close to the end. And then we're gonna rule and reign with him and the marriage supper of the Lamb will begin and his kingdom will rule forever and ever and ever and ever. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with great encouragement today from our studies about the Lord's plan for the end times. Glad you've joined us here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Thy Kingdom Come, Part Two. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.